Hello and welcome aboard another episode of the Galan Says Podcast live on Twitch. Whoa! Because if you watch it on Twitch, you can interact with me in real time. You can ask me any question because we do a little ask a lot, anything, yada, yada, yada. It is also available via podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. It is on the table in a variety of platforms. On today's show, lots of stuff to dive into. Sorry for the late start. We had a going-away party over at ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 for Tyler Scott, who was producing my show for a little bit. He got himself a good job, so we ended up eating um, Jack's chicken sandwiches. Holy shit, they were good. And then a friend of mine who I hadn't heard from in a really long time, she sent me a text, and we decided to go get some margaritas. Where the hell did we go? Because that margarita really hit the spot. I'm not going to lie. I got back here, and I just sat back, looked directly at the wall, and I felt pretty damn uh, in the zone. Just the exact right spot to be after a margarita. And I'm not talking like after an El Tiempo margarita where <laughs> you feel like you might need to be wheeled out. Candente, which I thought was going to be an Italian place when I got there. I guess Duolingo, which I have like a 37-day streak on, isn't exactly getting me as uh, habla espanol as I would like to be. There are some words I know. The problem is people speak that so fucking quickly. Anyway, no one cares about any of that stuff. A lot of stuff to dive into, but let's start off with the question. Questions in the chat box. You can also check it out on Twitter, at Galan Says. And the question is as follows, says Paul, as he slowly pulled up his Twitter to remind himself what question he actually asked. Who's in the better spot going forward? The Houston Astros or the Kansas City Chiefs? Paul, you're talking about two different sports. You're making a cross-sport comparison. Well, yeah, I am. And here's why. They're really similar. First off, Look at the Astros. Five straight American League Championship Series appearances. Three World Series appearances. One World Series victory. The Chiefs. Four straight AFC Championship appearances. Two Super Bowl appearances. One trophy. This week, Carlos Correa walks from Houston to Minnesota. The Kansas City Chiefs trade Tyreek Hill. And both fan bases acted as if it wasn't that big of a deal and tried to spin job it. Which has been kind of funny. No fan base is immune from this. You lose a great player and you're like, yeah, well, he's not going to be that big of a problem. I would say in the case of Carlos Correa with the Astros, I don't know what to expect out of Jeremy Pena. I don't know that it's a massive chasm between the two of them, but it's a significant one, that's for sure. In the case of Tyree Kill versus whoever's next for him in Kansas City, he is the fastest player in football. We talked about this yesterday. He is a cheat code. You know, there's only a few other players in the league that are anywhere close to Tyreek Hill when it comes to that. And one of them's on his team, Jalen Waddle, now in Miami. But who's in the better spot going forward? You know, the Astros have lost a couple of guys the last few years. Garrett Cole, their pitcher, he goes to the New York Yankees. Not the end of the world. But George Springer, he leaves for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now Correa, he is a member of the Minnesota Twins. And... You think to yourself, shit, I mean, this is just the start of things. But then look at Kansas City. I mean, Tyreek Hill leaves. You take a look at 
the rest of the roster, Tyron Matthews still a free agent, and that was a guy that going into last year was thought of as a really good player. Mm. But I'm more so based that off of his time in Houston. Um, Frank Clark's overpaid there. Anyone from Seattle, you might remember him with the Seahawks. He has been great in the playoffs occasionally, but not to the degree of, to which they are paying him. And the Chiefs aren't exactly the most star-studded roster. I guess on the offensive line, yeah, they have Joe Tooney, they got Orlando Brown, but like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The Chiefs are really just Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So who's in the better spot going forward? I think it's the Astros. I know it's going to sound like I'm pandering a little bit here, but here's why it's the Astros. First off, the American League West. Okay, the Mariners are better. Can't deny that. If you're an Astros fan, I know you are used to bullying the Mariners. I don't think it's going to be quite so easy going forward. I think the Mariners have had themselves a nice offseason, and having watched them all of the last two seasons, I think that they have made a lot of strides, and I also think that there is a toughness to them that not a lot of teams in baseball have. They are a very gritty bunch. They hang on. You saw it the first year back in 2020 during the pandemic. I thought that they were a very scrappy team, all things considered. And then this past season, of course, even though they couldn't score any runs, they were really good. So I feel like they have, they have narrowed the gap. But at the same time, okay, do you ever take the Texas Rangers seriously, even if they spend a whole lot of money? Do you ever take the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim seriously? Yeah, they have... Uh, Mike Trout, they have Shohei Otani. They have stars, but eh, what's that getting them? Congratulations on your MVPs and your wins above replacement. And then you have the A's who just quit. So the AL West and the rest of the American League, that's still, I feel like, pretty firmly in the Astros' control unless the Toronto Blue Jays take it away from them because the Blue Jays all of a sudden have been aggressive, and I feel like they are the sexiest team to potentially challenge the Astros. You could say the Red Sox, the Yankees too. Eh, I don't know. I don't know about those two, at least as far as this year goes. Like Trevor Story is changing things for Boston. What did New York do this offseason too? So I feel like Houston's in a pretty good space in the American League compared to where the Chiefs are in the AFC. Because just think about all the teams in the conference that are competent. I guess you have to say Miami's competent now, now that they brought in Tyreek Hill. It's just a matter of what can they do at quarterback. Mac Jones and the Patriots aren't far from the Patriots of old, but they're competent. The Bills are probably the best team in the AFC because the Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill. AFC North, I mean, the Browns just got Deshaun Watson. The Steelers will be annoying, but yeah, without Ben Roethlisberger under center, they're definitely taking a step back. This Ravens, I mean, they had so many injuries last year. They were still hanging around towards the end of the season. And, of course, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. You're defending AFC champions. AFC West, Broncos, Russell Wilson. Raiders, they bring in Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams in one offseason. Chargers, they have Justin Herbert. They brought in J.C. Jackson this offseason. And then AFC South, I think the Colts and the Titans are at the very least somewhat respectable. We'll see how much the Colts are this year. I really don't know what to expect out of Matt Ryan. And the Titans showed that they were pretty tough last year considering all the things that they went through. So, I mean, night and day as far as competition goes between the two. So the Astros are set up pretty good going forward from that perspective. And then take a look at something else. You know, one of the advantageous things for baseball and teams like the Astros is arbitration and being able to have players under team control for a very long period of time. 
Because I'm looking at Astros contracts right now. I guess the person that you're most concerned about as far as the immediate future is Yuli Gurriel, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this coming season. But you got Bregman locked up. You got Lance McCullers locked up. You got Verlander for another year, assuming he is still good. You have Jose Altuve locked up. Michael Brantley will be a free agent too, but he's 35 years old. I don't think it's the end of the world if you see him walk. Ryan Presley too. But, I mean, your big pieces, your future, are your Nalvarez, who's not going to be a free agent thanks to arbitration until 2026. You also have... In the case of, and I don't even know why he's not showing up all of a sudden, because I'm looking at the uh, contracts. Kyle Tucker, same thing, 2026. I mean, you got star players locked up for a while here, and you got good players, and you have, I just think, way more star power than the Kansas City Chiefs have. You look at the Chiefs going forward, okay, I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes until the end of time, but you have Travis Kelsey until 2026, assuming he's able to stay at the same level. But again, we're talking about a guy playing a violent position. Is he going to be able to keep it up for all this time? And then a wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, who you signed to a one-year, $2 million, almost $3 million deal. And you brought in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, okay. Orlando Brown Jr. is, by the way, a free agent at the end of this season, which is, the, I think, the fifth-year uh, option. No, hang on. It's not the fifth-year option. He does. He, he got the franchise tag this year. Um. Chris Jones is going to be a free agent not too long or far away. I mean, you're paying in 2023, Frank Clark, who I imagine will be cut after this coming season. You're theoretically paying Chris Jones $30 million almost and Frank Clark $30 million almost. So not just from a, hey, who do they have to compete with perspective, but also from a, how can you keep this all together perspective? I feel like the Astros have the leg up on the Chiefs, but I want to know what you think and you know how to do it. There's a chat box to the side where you can talk. Ooh, we got some questions. Stone Jam 206 asks, what position did you play in high school? I wish that that wasn't there. I know a lot of you are probably thinking to yourself, Paul, you asshole. Of course you have a shrine to yourself behind you on the wall. Well, optimally, all the stuff that's to my left, like there are actually some pretty nice decorations in here. I, I feel like I did a pretty good job. See that? Got like all my media passes. You got a JJ Watt autographed helmet, a bunch of mini helmets, a bunch of those, uh, what are they called? Funko Pops. Uh, you got some more like Sports Illustrated covers and stuff like that. But since I have one of these desks that's set up in a corner, which I figured would give me the best, uh, you know, way to um, dull the sound because I got like foam panels behind me, I figured I'd do it in the corner. And of course, this thing, which I, I thought, would largely be hidden because I'm no longer as proud of it as I used to be maybe a couple of years removed from college is my like high school football shrine from the small prep school that I played at in Florida. Shortcrest Preparatory School. <clears throat> so I was best at safety. And I was amazingly, you would not think this given my size and given that I was a lot smaller in high school, but I was very good as far as a run supporting safety goes. I was third on the team in tackles. Um, no one really passed back then, so I just cheated on every single play. Um, I also played, though, every down of every game. And there's a part of me, because I played wide receiver, but we played in a triple, uh, a wing T triple option. Since we never threw the football, I wish that I had been a running back first. I think I would have been good as a running back. 
And in my senior year, I actually got moved to running back. There were a couple of games where due to injuries, I actually got a couple of carries and I was averaging like eight yards a carry. But I think they thought because I was a more important piece on defense that I should be having most of my energy spent on defense. So I'd only get like two to three touches a game, which drove me crazy because I thought I was good with the ball in my hands. But I never actually got to touch the football until my senior year, even though like playing flag football or football on the weekends, I was doing it like every single weekend. You know, it's one of those things where you sometimes, sometimes pick up football, sometimes junkyard football actually makes you better. So yeah, I played that uh, wide receiver slash running back. I was also pretty good at, um, I'm bragging. This is so annoying, isn't it? Uh, a gunner, which is essentially, you know, on punt coverage, one of the guys on the sideline who runs straight down the field. Uh, a uh, Kyle Lime asks, will you ever do any gaming streams? Eventually, yes. I have not played a video game since... New Year's Eve, I think. And it was Halo Infinite on this computer right here. <laughs> Josh Beard says, hey, you keep bragging. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to finish. I haven't played a video game since I think New Year's Eve and it was Halo Infinite. I do want to try to play Elden Ring. I don't know if my computer can handle it. And I'm in this spot right now where I'm not 100% sure what my computer can handle because it's like, Two and a half years old now. Almost three years old. It'll be three years old, I think, in July. And I don't know what it can still handle. It's got a ton of RAM. This is really getting nerdy. But I, yeah. I do want to stream games, though, eventually. Uh, Josh Beard says Elden Ring is amazing. Josh Beard and I were playing Battlefield, the new Battlefield game when it first came out. And we both didn't think it was that bad. But I guess everyone stopped playing it altogether. Hey, Paul, what else are you going to talk about, man? You're just, you're just bullshitting at this point in time. Fine. Okay, what is your go-to excuse? Because we all have them. And I ask this because I found it very funny to see the way that the Astros handled a one-on-one -on -one conversation about the end of the Carlos Correa era. Brian McTaggart of MLB.com. He talked to James Click, the general manager of the Astros. And I, I got a kick out of some of the answers that Click gave right out of the shoot. And I actually stopped reading the interview after these two answers. What was your pursuit of Correa like? Did you feel in the Correa sweepstakes at the end? Quote, we were engaged throughout the process. It's always hard to know, you know, are you in it or are you not in these types of negotiations? One phone call can change anything. We were engaged throughout the process. He said we were engaged throughout the process twice. What the fuck does that mean? What does engaged throughout the process mean? Does it give you plausible deniability when people are saying that, oh yeah, they just didn't talk to Carlos Correa for the entirety of the lockout and after the lockout. No big deal, just 100 days. And I just have a really hard time believing that Carlos Correa and Scott Boris did not talk to the Astros or try to talk to the Astros to tell them about the offer that the Minnesota Twins made. I feel like they would have made that same short-term offer, and I just do not see any justifiable reason, rational reason, as to why James Click would have said no to something like that. Josh Beard says, man, the more I dive into all of this, 
the more I'm convinced James Click is a bit of a rube who lacks creativity. Sure, maybe that's the case, but I'm of the belief that Jim Crane is telling him what to do. And when I read this, another question asked by Brian McTaggart, did you make him an offer post-lockout? I don't want to get into too many of the details about the back and forth of it, except to say we were engaged throughout the process. Clearly, that was the mission that they came out of with how they were going to handle questions about Carlos Correa after, I'm guessing, a meeting that took place, and this is speculation, between Jim Crane, between James Click, between someone in public relations, someone in marketing. How do we make this look like we're not the bad guys, like we're not idiots? I think that Jim Crane took things personally with Scott Boris. I've said this several times. I think my reasoning of he saw what happened with Garrett Cole at the end of the World Series in 2019, putting the Boris hat on. He's like, fuck this guy. Do I want to deal with him? And I, from a human standpoint, get it. But from another perspective, I'm like, dude, you got to get over it. And I, I don't think... I don't think this is a James Click problem, like some have suggested. I think this is a Jim Crane told him, we're not spending money, we're not dealing with Scott Boris, we're not going to let a player have a f- deal where he is in control. He would have walked. There's no way that Correa, after this coming season, would have opted back into that contract. So why not do it? Like, what's the harm? You're back in the same situation that you were in before. You're probably less likely to give him a long-term deal. Well, we were engaged throughout the process. And it's got me thinking, like, what's your what's your go-to excuse? I'm really bad at coming up with excuses. Anyone who saw me on Sunday would probably understand that I'm very easy to peer pressure. Saturday, I had a long marathon kind of drinking day. I wake up on Sunday. I think to myself, uh, well, okay, I guess I'll go to the last day of the rodeo, hang out with some friends before George Strait. And... Then I'll go home, get back to work, start off the week responsibly. Oh, but then Paul went to the rodeo. He got annoyed by all the crowds that he had to walk through. I hate fucking walking through crowds. I fucking hate it. When I see people slowly walking around at a stadium, fairground, all of those football instincts I was talking about back there, They all kick in. I just want to fucking trample everybody. And I don't because I'm a civilized member of society. But people who walk slowly, people who are small, not walking as quickly as possible, looking down at their phones, all of these people, I want to bulldoze through all of them. And I don't care that that thought's going through my head. I never have felt guilty about it. I know I will never act on it. But I'm walking through all of that at the rodeo, and it takes forever, forever to get to the wine garden. Then I found out I took the wrong turn. I took a right at the Astrodome as opposed to taking a left at the Astrodome. And I'm pissed. So I'm like, damn it, I need a drink. So I go over to the bar and I tell myself, all right, I'm going to get two glasses of Prosecco. And the lady at the bar is like, well, at that point, you should just get a bottle. And I was like, well, all right, well, two, two glasses is $16. A bottle's 30 Fine, fine, I'll get a bottle. So I get a bottle of Prosecco, pound it, and we were off to the races. Next thing I know, I'm at a nightclub in Edo. And then after that, I went over a friend's house and other things took place. 
And I wake up, it's like two o'clock and I need to do show prep for my show on Monday. It was a long night. I'm easy to peer pressure. And I wish I had an excuse. Maybe I should say we were engaged throughout the process going forward, like I'm James Click. Yeah, I didn't send the show prep email out. Yeah, I didn't link you guys to the show rundown. But I was engaged throughout the process. Yeah, honey, I know you wanted me to take the trash out, but I didn't. I want you to know, though, I was engaged throughout the process. That's the new excuse that I'm going to try to use in as many situations as I possibly can. Uh, Ava Kylime says, "My, I'm sorry if I'm not, I might be butchering the pronunciation. It's very difficult to read for whatever reason. And these are things I'm still learning about Twitch. It's hard to read the actual chat box here in um, uh, Twitch to the right. Emily, okay, Emily. Uh, my usual excuse, says Emily, is claiming I have a conflict. But what if someone... What if somebody actually doubles, checks back with you? What if somebody actually asks, well, what, what happened? You know, how did things go? I'm so bad at lying. Like, I can't, I can't do it. But saying I was engaged throughout the process, I, I might have to, you know, add a little bit of extra action to that saying, but I'm saying nothing, but making it seem like I tried. Uh, Josh Beard says, that, yeah, I hate, I hate everyone in my way as well. Uh, Stone Jam 206 says, Rhinestone Cowboy. I don't know what that is. Should I know what that is? I don't know. Is that an excuse that you use? Let's look this up. In things that I don't know. Rhinestone Cowboy. Oh, it's a song by Glenn Campbell. I, I, I don't know country at all. I've been walking these streets so long, singing the same old song. I know every crack of these dirty sidewalks of Broadway, where hustle's the name of the game, and nice guys get washed away like snow in the rain. I don't know what that song is. So, sorry for ruining it for you forever. But, um, yeah, I, I need better excuses so that I can get out of peer pressuring. James Click is on to something here. That was a lame dodging of the question, right? I mean, that's not, that's not an honest answer. I suppose, do you expect an honest answer from a team that's actually good? But what is your go-to excuse? Emily says, learn to just say no. Nancy Reagan would be proud. I know, but I can't. Then I get the fear of missing out. And then I come back to my apartment, which I fucking hate. It's terrible. And I see all of the... Um, I see the kitchen and the cabinets that are designed for small people and the, the sink that doesn't even go up to my kneecaps. And I just get frustrated. But excuses are interesting. I mean, I saw today from Enos Freedom, formerly known as Enos Cantor. He says he's being blackballed by the NBA. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize why I got little playing time and was released. Uh, I mean... I guess it may be your political takes, which are very pro-America, are the reason you're not on an NBA team. Your political takes against a tyrant in Turkey. Your talking trash to LeBron James. I suppose that's why you're not in the NBA. But honestly, I think there's a lot of people that actually agree with Enos Freedom. I, I think he's full of shit saying that he's been blackballed. Guy who's averaged 3.7 points a game this year and 4.6 rebounds a game. I mean, the Celtics had him. They traded him. They have been on fire of late. That's why I'm wearing my Celtics shirt right now. They're 10-1 and one in their last 11 games. And 
Anus Cantor goes to the Rockets. They cut him. But, I mean, what were the Rockets going to do with him? He's a big who doesn't really have range and can't play defense. He's, he's kind of a dinosaur in today's basketball. Back to the basket kind of guy. He's being blackballed. Maybe he's just not that good anymore. And, and, and I'm somewhat in the same boat when it comes to Colin Kaepernick. Now, he would be a distraction wherever he goes for like a week. But everyone would get over it eventually, especially when they realize he's not going to play. Kaepernick also has been not playing sports for six years. Like we talked about it yesterday. It's a nice excuse to throw out there. It makes people perhaps empathize, sympathize. But it's not accurate, Right. I'm being blackballed. Okay, sure. Maybe you're just not that good of a player. Checking up on the vote on the topic that we talked about earlier. Who's better set up for the future? The Astros or the Chiefs? 51% say Astros, 49% say Chiefs. That's with 96 votes on Twitter. At Galan says with about 17 hours left or so. What else do we got on the rundown here? For the Galat Says Podcast. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, we have. Oh, yeah. So the vaccine mandates in New York are about, and they might have as f- soon as today. Let's see. New York vaccine mandate, Kyrie Irving. The vaccine mandate has been lifted to city-based entertainers. So basically, if you were working in New York City and live in New York City and you're unvaccinated, you weren't allowed to the office. But if someone was coming from out of town, they were allowed to the office, if you will. So the Nets, they couldn't play Kyrie Irving, who was unvaccinated, and taking a bit of a stand and doing Kyrie Irving things which always feel more about calling attention to himself and being different for the sake of being different as opposed to actually taking a real stand. But he wasn't allowed to play. Well, players who were unvaccinated can come to New York City against the Knicks, against the Brooklyn Nets, and they could play, which was fucking stupid. Like, forget how you feel about, you know, the vaccines, the mandates, COVID-19. It's an inconsistency that did not make a whole lot of sense when players from opposing teams don't have to be vaccinated when fans in the stands don't necessarily have to be vaccinated. A weird, weird caveat. So anyway, he's going to be able to play for the Nets again. And we've seen him not too long ago. Like, look pretty good. He scored 60 points in a game. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And I really want to know how James Harden's feeling right now because I bet James Harden is regretting the hell out of the fact that Kyrie's back. We saw them play together last year for like 18 games, and they looked completely unstoppable. I mean, three guys that can handle exceptionally well, three guys that can pass, three guys that can shoot plus. Harden's probably the worst shooter of the three of them. And I say that mainly because he has those one for 18 nights from time to time. He could be playing with those two. Instead, he's on a team known for playoff chokes over the last couple of years. So I really hope that we get to see Nets, Sixers. And as far as things go right now, I don't think that that's entirely likely as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. There's a good chance that the Nets are going to end up being the uh, 
uh, eight seed. They are the current eight seed as things stand right now. They are two and a half games behind Toronto um, as far as the seven seed goes. So they're going to have to do the little play in tournament deal. They win. They would have to play the Miami Heat in the first round. I need the Philadelphia 76ers to get home court advantage. But I don't know if James Harden would want that to happen. And I wonder if I wonder if James Harden would actually play well in a series where he is going up against Kyrie Irving or going up against Ben Simmons where all the pressure is on him and people are looking at him with a, I think, more scrutinized eye. And they should be, by the way. I mean, he quit two teams in the last two years. And if he had been patient here, he could be potentially playing on the team that has the most talent in the NBA. With those three, I mean... No matter how you feel about Harden and Irving, that's an unbelievable team to watch. They were fun to watch. I even hated feeling the way that I was feeling watching them last year. But I'm, I'm curious as to how that goes. If I were Harden, I think I would have some regrets. One last thing, and we all need to do this. Did you see what Joe Burrow did to seal the deal with Lyle Collins to help keep building up that offensive line. So we found out that Joe Burrow has been basically having players over to his house with his wife, having dinner with them. But at the end of dinner, imagine you got a big hog molly at your house. You want to seal the deal and you bring out cupcakes. Fellas and ladies. He said as he dramatically took a drink of iced tea through a straw. I am telling you right now, there is nothing better as far as a snack or quick dessert or just something to get things going than a cupcake. It's not too much. But I think it is the perfect snack to seal the deal, whether this be a deal of business or the sex. I feel like this is a perfect way to wrap up something because cupcakes are perfect. There's not too much of them though. If you want to binge eat cupcakes, fuck yeah. But cupcakes are just perfect. They're not too heavy. If you ate a lot of food over the course of a meal, it's not too filling. It's sweet. It's tasty. You're not going to be carb conscious after the fact. And they're so fucking good. Oh, I love cupcakes. I want one right now. And I really like what Joe Burrow's doing here. So, yeah, he had Lyle Collins over. He, he was very f- f- uh, uh, friendly by having him over, uh, welcoming, etc. He, he just went to the Super Bowl. Lots of reasons for Lyle Collins to sign with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm sure cupcakes were at the bottom of reasons. Oh, wow, he, li- he knows I like cupcakes, but cupcakes are fucking good. And I feel like as a society, society, we should be using cupcakes more to close deals. Was this a stupid take to wrap things up? Probably. But I appreciate y'all for tuning into this Thursday edition of the Galant Says Podcast. We do this every single day at about 3 o'clock Central Time on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Galant Says. Twitch.tv slash Galant Says. Twitch.tv slash Galant Says. Please subscribe on Twitch so you can ask questions. I like the Ask Galant Anything that we had on today's show. Hopefully we'll have more in the future. In case you're a podcaster, though, this show is on podcast apps of your choosing Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you haven't already, please like it, rate it, review it, five stars, 
if you only leave five, four stars, I would, I would be upset or anything less than five stars. I'll, I'll cry to myself, leave a roast while you're at it, whatever. I love every little bit of support that I get. And I appreciate you guys sticking with me on this little side project that I am doing, but I really want to make this thing happen on Twitch. If you are somebody who wants to watch this after the fact, you can also watch it on Twitch, but maybe you're a YouTube person. YouTube.com slash Paul Gallant is where you go on that front. You can also see clips from the Vanessa and Gallant radio show on that app too. YouTube.com slash Paul Gallant. So long. Farewell. Have yourselves a wonderful Thursday. Go Cougs in tonight's game against Arizona, and you will hear from me tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Until then, later. Slash peace. I still haven't figured out how to exit this.